Welcome to the Art and Science of Joy podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring people to live more joyfully. So if you're seeking a bit more joy in your own life or seeking to bring some more joy to the lives of others, then this podcast could well, well be for you. I'm Andrew Cannon, and I have the honor to be your host. And in this special episode of the podcast on joy and leadership, I have the honor and pleasure to be talking with my business partner, Debbie Schlesinger-Hellman, on this topic. Debbie's background in business has given her experience in coaching, mentoring, and building teams. She's currently interested in bringing that knowledge, along with the new learnings, to advance more joy to both individuals as well as to teams in business. During Debbie's time developing leaders, she has found that people are searching for more belonging and a sense of purpose in their everyday life, including the workplace. And with this knowledge, Debbie is passionate about helping others find a path to that more joy-filled life, looking to have a positive impact on many. Welcome to the show, Debbie. So wonderful to be talking with you on this topic today. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. And what, what a great topic to be talking about. It is indeed. Joy is always good to talk about. And when we're talking about joy and leadership, you are certainly the person to talk to on that. And could you start us off by talking a little bit about your, your own journey with joy. Sure. That's a great way to start this conversation. Thanks, Andrew. Um, I, I'm actually a very joyful person. Um, I'm a pretty happy person as well, even those are, those are two different things. However, maybe 10, 15 years ago, I noticed that in order to continue being joyful, sort of had to work at that. And it wasn't something that's just going to happen automatically. So I started doing a lot of reading on joy and I started incorporating that into my life. And I um, understood that this was actually something that I should be in charge of for myself. And when I did use the knowledge I had gained by the readings and, and talking to other people about it, I noticed that it led into my family and it helped them be more joyful as well as the workplace. And at the time I was leading a number of teams. Uh, I noticed that if I was able to be joyful, I, I was just wondering and questioning myself, how could I help others be joyful? Fast forward a number of years. And uh, luckily Andrew, you and I decided to talk about this topic and it got me thinking way deeper than I had been thinking all along. So my joy journey has really been going on for probably 15, 20 years. And I'm just recently, the last two years, maybe really understanding what it takes to be joyful and how I might be instrumental in helping this get pushed out to others, which is what I'm really passionate about. Yeah, and definitely that's a, the that's a thing of, of joy in itself and I think that learning journey that that realization that you're you're never really there that you always can improve you can always get a little bit better um, but at the same time obviously being content with you're good enough today as well at the same time so I know you've had you know a very successful career in business and you continue to be successful keeping busy and, and helping others to be successful through, through your coaching and mentoring. So why in all this busyness in your life, why do you think it's so important to also 
take on the art and science of joy on top of everything else that, that you're up to? Oh my gosh, um, good question. <laughs> uh, I believe this is the root of us all having a better life. I, I, yes, I'm passionate about spreading the joy and helping others who are really struggling with joy. Mm -hmm. I really am passionate about that. I'm passionate about making the world a better place. Past 20 or so years have been a tough, tough go. Yeah. Um, I think if you incorporate joy into your life, all the other things that you're doing, so the other businesses that I'm working on, my coaching, my mentoring, or anything else that I decide to take on, just becomes that much fuller, that much richer. Mm. I think there's so much to be said for the power of joy. I think we take it, or you and I might not, because we've done a lot of research, but I think many people take it um, very superficially, very lightly. Oh, I smile, I'm joyful. Oh, I'm happy, I've got joy. Yeah. But yeah. joy is not a fleeting moment. It's a discipline. It's a muscle that we have to build. And I am absolutely passionate about the fact that if we could have more people understand the power of joy, that we would encourage, we would um, inspire and empower others to look for that joy in their life and in the lives of their loved ones, people around them, their business associates. And we would just be in a better place, this whole world. And I know that sounds like a very large undertaking, but I'm okay with one, one person at a time, one team at a time, one group at a time, as long as we keep it going forward. Yeah. So it's like having this, this grand vision, this big purpose, but then looking at it in these, these what I like to say, the, the Chinese proverb of from little streams um, grow great rivers. Correct. Yes. Let's go small to grow big. Right. But I think also, you know, we talked about how, you know, we can impact individuals and that's cool. But, you know, through impacting business leaders, there's potential to exponentially impact things because of the power and the influence they have in the capital. They have to put things in motion. So if we talk about joy and business and, and looking at the world as it is today in the business world, why do you think it's especially important that there's a focus on joy right now? So right now, more than ever, um, everyone's been speaking about the great resignation. Today, actually, McKinsey came out with a report and they talk about the great attrition. Wow. Which was very interesting to read. Um, and why is this happening? And how do we change that from the great attrition to the great attraction? Right. I loved where they were going with this. So they talked about, 51% of people that left their jobs, and this is the key, left their jobs because they didn't feel a sense of belonging or valued while they were at work. So there, it, it is right there, plain and simple, that people are leaving their jobs currently. And I think the pandemic had a lot to do with this. So people had the opportunity to reflect um, things were not as they had been three years prior. Um, and they saw that this was really a, a, a tough time. Mm. So let me, you know, I, I, I put myself in their shoes and say, let me think about this. 
What am I getting from work? What am I giving at work? What is work doing that is supporting the joy in my life? And if you cannot find enough about belonging and community and value and appreciation and a sense of care, why not look elsewhere? It's interesting. Why not? It's interesting. I was talking to a business leader last week and you should have seen the look of shock on his face when he sort of understood that you can actually now leave a job without having a job lined up, which is a huge shift. Um, everybody before was so scared to, to take right. that jump without already having the next place. But now people are just saying, oh, I'll figure it out. It's a, it's a good oh, market. No, in, this, in this McKinsey report, I think they stated 62 or 64% of people were willing to leave their job without another job already secured. Mm. And being offered more money was not going to keep them. Right. So, you know, money, of course, is a factor, as is, you know, the amount of work you have to do, the amount of time you need to spend, as is what kind of benefits you get, you know, healthcare or, or other things that are very important to you. But the key factors were, could I have some sort of flexibility to also care for my family? Mm. Whether that be children or my parents or a, a loved one, any loved one or a, fam a friend for that matter. Could I have that flexibility as long as I get my work done? Does my direct manager doesn't need to be the CEO of the company, mm. although it surely starts there. But does my direct manager understand my needs and care okay. about my needs? It's the caring that people are missing. Um, I, I, the report was fascinating, and I'll dive deeper into it and get more information. But I believe that if you're not being heard, you're not being listened to, you're not being cared for, and you don't feel like you belong, you're one foot out the door. And I think as this take that that walk anymore. Yes, and I think as business leaders, as CEOs, as managers, as team or department heads, it's our job to, of course, make sure the business is taken care of, and in in making sure the business is taken care of, the top priority needs to be your team, your people, and it's all about people. It's, it's, it's either your people or it's your client, which are, which are people, or your boss who is a, a person. So it's all about people. We need to understand, as human beings, we need to understand we're all people and we all have basic needs. And those basic needs should not be ignored. And those basic needs are the things that actually do bring you joy. They do indeed. And, and so what you're saying is that, that leaders, if they can incorporate these principles, which are very much the same as the joy principles that we talk about, you know, if they can help with the belonging, if they can help with this sense of purpose, if they can pay attention to their people's well-being and, you know, make it fun, whatever that means in a business context, um, could be creativity, could be doing things together. Um, it's, they're there, right? That's, they can provide a fulfilling experience for people to want to come to work. Absolutely, Andrew. And one step further, the research shows us 
that if we do those things and our teams and our people feel inspired and empowered and cared for and belong and well-being and feel they have a purpose and having a good time doing it because we should, that 50 to 60% of those people will encourage everyone else at the team. Mm. So it's a knock-on effect. Has that effect. And that effect just enables the company to grow that much, uh, that much fuller, that much more important. And the business results are very positive when that happens. They grow as a result of that. And I think this is a wonderful opportunity, you know, as companies ponder this hybrid model of work from home, work from office. And, you know, if they put a joy hat on and said, well, if we're bringing them to the office, let's do it for the reasons of joy. Let's do it for the reasons of this belonging, connectivity, um, work in co-creation, collaboration. Those are the reasons why you, you want to come into the office. Otherwise, work from home. Otherwise, you know, adapt flexibility that you talked about to integrate into their their life. I know, you know, it's a topic you're passionate about, not talking about work-life balance. And, you know, I think this is a great way they could think about that as leaders to how to use joy as a way of not of convincing in a way their people to come into the office because it's fun. So interestingly enough, short story, I have a friend who cannot wait to go back to work in the office. And I asked exactly why, because I know for the past couple of years, this friend has also enjoyed being home, having flexibility, being able to care for a child, also being able to, as she say, multitask all over the place. Um, And I said, so why are you so eager to go back? And she was very clear. When I am at work, my manager, my boss, is so interested in my well-being and cares so much about how I'm doing, I'm actually missing that at home. So there is something to bringing people together in person, in a place, whether it's every day, four days a week, two days a week, whatever it is, there is something about that. If, in fact, you use that time to deliver on well-being, belonging, impact, and a little fun. If you're bringing them in for some other reason, it probably isn't going to sit that well with with your team. Right. They just sit in front of a computer in the office and do a Zoom meeting with a client, which they could have done from home. From home. Then they'd be frustrated and say, hey, why why did I drive that hour and a half or whatever it was into the office just to do what I could have done from my, my bedroom? Right. Now, with that said, I think you can do the belonging and the well-being remotely if you need to. I think that's very manageable. I, I believe that, you know, if you are interested in really caring for your people, there's a way to administer um, a, a caring effect on them to make sure that they're understanding that you're doing things for them mm. to enable them to grow into a more joyful person, which makes for a more joyful team. And the power of joy is not about a, a laugh and a smile. The power of, the, of joy is something that just goes on and on and on. And there's so many different superpowers, as we talk about, 
um, within our, our recipe for joy, I think it's critical that we're always looking to, as you said earlier, to be more joyful, to find ways. I have very many of my superpowers are in good place, but there's some that I really need to work on. I still consider myself a joyful person. And I'm working on it and I'll continue to work on it because there's always an area that you can improve. It, it, it's very similar to, and it is a part of being healthy. Yes. So in order to be healthy, I'm always working on my nutrition and I'm always working on sleep and I'm always working on exercise, being mindful, stimulating by learning new things. And that's all part of those superpowers when you are doing all those things, you are already creating a more joyful you. Right. So it's like, I, I think you often talk about joy as a muscle and that you can work on it, that you can build it. Um, don't expect it to be there like Arnold Schwarzenegger first day, right? <laughs> right. So to, to let it show my age here to everybody who's... <laughs> Um, you, you have to let that grow, right? You have to ex expect that, well, today it's maybe not going to show, but maybe next week, maybe next month, keep at it. Right. And, you uh, have to put, put the effort in, hmm. um, if it's important enough to you and it's important enough to me, it should be important to all of us. Um, you and I have talked about that before. It's not important to everyone. We don't understand that, yeah. but it should be. Um, we have this journey of life. I, I, I'm passionate of making sure that my journey is as joyful as possible and that I am hopefully inspiring and empowering others to also have that same joyful journey. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I think, you know, you can look at it from a emotive level, you can look at it from a societal level and a personal level, but, you know, if we're looking at it from a business level, the logic to me seems to be, well, hold on, you know, I was looking at research from Dinata saying that one in five people globally are expecting to change jobs this year. Right? So on average, if your company is average, you will lose 20% of your workforce this year. Mm -hmm. If whatever your, your own average is, if you can reduce that by just a couple of percentage points, a few percentage points, there's a massive ROI to be had on that and understanding that, as you said, from the research by McKinsey, that joy and these, these joyful recipe items appear to be part of the solution, maybe not the total solution, but a significant proportion of your problems will go away as a business leader if you can create a joyful environment for your people. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and just as an added bonus, and I'm not sure business leaders understand this, but when you're incorporating joyful learning for your people, that also trickles over to your clients. Mm. And so your clients benefit from this. I mean, who doesn't want a joyful client? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I was talking today to somebody about that and the, the pain of unjoyful clients. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, we all need some more joyful clients for sure, as well as employees. So people, it's all about people. Yes, it's all about oh, the people. Where do people go, right? People are now inspired. They've listened to you talk about, you know, how leaders can bring more joy to their organizations. What's the next step for them? They're super excited. How do they get in I, touch with you? How do they? 
moves. I, I think it's all about um, educating, um, sharing, inspiring, and then empowering. Um, I love to work with teams and um, share the knowledge that you and I have gained over mm -hmm. these last few years, um, the content and the um, materials and the tools that we have developed that help you and your teams uh, work on and em empower everyone to have intentions to build this discipline within themselves, this joy discipline. Mm -hmm. And there is such a great outcome if you do that. It is an outcome that allows um, the world to be a better place, but on a small scale allows each individual person to have a better journey, which then of course allows each family to have a better journey, each business to have a better journey. Uh, the data shows us that most successful businesses have leaders and managers who are interested in their teams and their, their people, their people. And by incorporating different types of learnings, education, management styles, that, that, that absolutely correlates to the success of that department, that business, that industry. So it's really interesting that if you look at certain industries, they have more success Mm. Uh, with their teams and their businesses than others. And part of that is about them making this a priority. So, yeah. you know, let us, let me come in, let me consult with you about how this could actually help your business grow, help your people grow and help you grow. This like is a win for everybody. Win for no, everybody. This, this includes everybody. It's totally inclusive. And that is wonderful. That is wonderful. Unfortunately, Debbie, that's all we've got time for today. This is sort of a mini special episode. And I know you're super busy to get off to, to help some more clients. So I want to thank you for your time talking with me today on the, on the power of, of joyful leadership in business. Thank you for having me, Andrew. I hope that we'll continue working together along with many other people out there listening. And we will all be spreading the joy i'm sure we will and, and listeners i hope you feel inspired by my, my chat with debbie today and if you do so um you can obviously contact us here at the art and science of joy.com or on or via social media or you can reach out to debbie personally on linkedin and that's debbie schlesinger hellman thank you once again for listening today and I hope you tune in next week for the next episode of the Art and Science of Joy podcast. Until then, stay well, stay safe and stay joyful.